Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Zuccarello with the Hey Joe podcast coming back to you uh, uh, with what I think is a really, really great episode. And you know, it's really timely as well because we are dealing uh, at the time when we're recording this particular episode, we are, uh, I'm hoping, we're on the backside of uh, the COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis. Uh, we still have a lot of ground to go, and we still have a lot of uh, unknowns uh, to deal with. There's some really, really smart people out there that are, you know, that are that are handling this, but uh, uh, and, and and really uh, uh, teaching us along the way, and even they're learning. Um, but one of the things that uh, I thought was so appropriate to bring to uh, my listener audience is um, let's talk about cleaning, right? Um, and when you talk about cleaning, you know, your mind might all of a sudden start racing uh, to, uh, to, to washing your hands, right? The things that we've been just like beat over the head with, you know, over the course of the last, you know, few months about what is cleaning and disinfecting and, 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 and so on and so on. And, and I think that there's some things that COVID-19 has actually given us a, a, a real wake-up call. Um, myself, personally, because I thought, you know, uh, uh, I think this is a great topic to bring to the Hey Joe listener audience. Um, in fact, I'm not even going to steal a thunder. I was approached by who you're going to hear today on the Hey Joe podcast. It's going to be a familiar voice and familiar name, but not a familiar topic that you're used to hearing from him. Um, I'm joined today by uh, Dave Campanella with Best Shot. Hey, Dave, how are you? Great. Good to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. In fact, you know, uh, uh, Dave, you reached out to me. You said, we, we've got to bring this to the, we've got to bring this to your listener audience. The Hey Joe listener audience, you know, needs to hear uh, uh, about what it is that you're going to talk about today. And, and I'd like to try to give you an opportunity to, to, to give them a, a 30 second kind of uh, uh, highlight of, of why you know, Dave Campanella from a pet shampoo company, right, is going to be talking to us about cleaning and sanitizing and disinfecting. So Dave, why is this in your expertise or in your realm of expertise as well, as well as shampoo? Well, sure. Well, a lot of people don't realize that Best Shot also makes disinfectant. And uh, early on in the uh, shutdown, the national shutdown, we were fortunate enough because of the fact that we make disinfectant to be classified as an essential business. And uh, other than, I think, uh, uh, Good Friday, we haven't missed a day. We've been cranking it out and working really hard. And uh, uh, disinfectant is a big business. And with COVID-19 looming over our lives and our salons now, uh, what became apparent to me going through the process of learning and dealing with this, just like everybody else, is our daily hygiene regimen is now more critical than ever. And 
as I would talk to people and people would come to me with questions about our product, it became very clear that there was a lot of confusion. And what I realized is that improperly distinguishing between cleaning, sanitizing, and disinfecting, you can actually be putting you or your animals in danger, or you might think that what you've been currently doing is effective, but it may not be. So that, that's why I reached out to you. It's important to know the difference. Well, yeah, and, and, and really, uh, Dave, just like I in the intro, I immediately I leapt to kind of this generic term of cleaning because, you know, I mean, when I think of clean, I think in my mind, I'm thinking clean from everything. But what you're about to, <laughs> what you're about to unveil uh, to the Hey Joe listener audience, and, and Dave, you know, uh, hey, all of you out there, um, you know, Dave is, uh, uh, Dave is the type of guy who teaches me things every time I talk to him. And that's what's so special about our relationship. And I wanted him to talk directly to you, the listener, so that you can have that aha moment that I had when I was talking with him, when he tells you that there is, there is a difference between cleaning, sanitizing, and disinfecting. So let's, Dave, let's hop right in and tell them- sure kind of the cliff notes version oh and just so that everybody knows dave has promised as he always does he's providing us a pdf uh, a resources download a free download so you can go to paragonpetschool.com go to the resources page the hey joe podcast and you will have access uh, immediately upon listening to this podcast you're gonna have access to all of this information that Dave is providing in a, in a manner that makes a really nice, simple approach, but very informative approach. So definitely go to paragonpetschool.com and get your free copy of uh, this PDF that Dave is going to do. So Dave, let's hop right in. Let's talk about what are the differences sure. between these three? Well, when it comes to cleaning, what it is we're doing, you know, and the first thing people think of is either washing your hands or when I think of cleaning, I think of being a kid and it's like, you know, Ma, do you want me to clean out the garage, you know, and cleaning, when you're cleaning, you're removing dust, you're removing debris and dirt, uh, clutter, whatever, from physical to, to dirt from a surface. And you're doing that by scrubbing, by washing, rinsing, shampooing, which is an expertise of mine, you know, and, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're washing dogs, when we sanitize, take a hand sanitizer. People think, oh, well, I'm using hand sanitizer. Stop and think. What you're doing when you're sanitizing your hands or, or the eating counter you work from uh, or where, you know, in the kitchen, let's, let's take, for example, sanitizing is going to reduce the bacteria that's identified on the product's label. You got you to read the label. You know, and, it, you know, it's for surfaces and it's for laundry. It's reducing the bacteria identified. When it comes to disinfecting, disinfecting will destroy or inactivate both the bacteria and viruses that that product identifies on its label. Influenza, you know, rhinovirus, in this case, COVID-19, you know, and it's gonna do that on your hard and non-porous surfaces. I had a customer call me up and they, want, they were looking at a, 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 a brand of wipes, a disinfectant wipe, and uh, they wanted it for disinfecting their hands. And I stopped them and I said, are you looking to disinfect your hands or are you looking to sanitize your hands? 
The difference is when it comes to disinfecting, you're dealing with non-porous hard surfaces where viruses, bacteria, various pathogens will thrive and grow. Human beings, animals, we're porous, okay? So you can sanitize your hands, a dog. You can't disinfect your hands <laughs> uh, or, or an animal. So there's a difference. I hope well, you know, any and, and again, I think the difference with the disinfecting, again, it's the hard, non-porous surfaces. That's what you, you exactly. taught me. That's in our show prep notes. So when you talk about the sanitizing, it can, it can be on hard surfaces as well, but it is best for surfaces that are porous. Like you said, even laundry, like fabric and such, right? Fabric can be sanitized, but not necessarily disinfected. Well, and I get this question too. You know, people will say, oh, I have my, you know, uh, I want to disinfect my laundry. Well, actually the surfactants and the soap and the hot water, all of those things working together, you're going to clean your laundry. You're going to rid it of any, you know, pathogens, anything like that, because it's porous. On a hard surface, it's a different, it's a different scenario. Mm -hmm. And then without getting ahead of myself, uh, people will say, oh, I want to disinfect my dog's food bowls. You know, I always tell people, put it in a hot dishwasher because you run the risk of disinfecting be being left behind and you really want to eat or get any of that. Mm -hmm. So there's certain cases where it applies and where it won't. So let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, you were talking about the food bowls, you're talking about hands. Let's, let's mm -hmm. camp out in the, in the myths for a minute, right? So I, I, obviously there's, yeah, let's specifically to disinfecting, right? So, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's really what we're honing in on here. Uh, uh, as we're mm -hmm. speaking to you, yeah. uh, uh, as we're speaking to the audience out there, speaking to you individuals out there that are, that are most interested in doing the best job you can to provide a safe and healthy environment for your family at home, for your, your, yourself and your teammates and, 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 and the pets at, at your pet care facilities, your grooming shops, uh, whatever. So let's camp out for just a minute in those myths. So one of the myths uh, uh, is, is that cleaning and disinfecting are uh, uh, not the same thing. Well, well, the myth is cleaning and disinfecting are the same, and, and I'm here to tell you they're not the same. Gotcha. Because okay. as, I, as, I, as I mentioned, cleaning is removing dust and debris, sanitizing, that's removing, reducing bacteria, disinfectant is destroying and inactivating. So that's the big difference. Uh, I'll give you some other common myths. Sometimes people think that if the product uh, kills faster, that means it's stronger. And that's not necessarily the case uh, because, and we're gonna look at things like, you know, contact time and, you know, corrosiveness and things like that. Uh, it'll vary. Another common myth, you know, all disinfectants work the same. And that's not true because you know your the chemical makeup of your of your disinfectants is just as different as the composition of a lot of these pathogens and viruses and bacteria and protozoa and I learned a new thing called mycobacteria. You know, uh, you know, they all vary. Uh, and then a lot of people think because disinfectants are chemicals that all disinfectants uh, are going to be toxic and and. We'll talk about that today because that's not true. And then one common thing is we tend to think that if we use a lot of disinfectant or high dilutions or more of it, that that's better. 
And uh, we're going to learn today that that's not the case, you know, that we need to trust the formulations. And you'll be surprised that if you follow the guidelines and instructions on the products that are available, you could be using a half ounce of a, of a concentrate to a gallon, you know, so mm. we're going to touch on, on that today. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you too, Dave, I bet there's a lot of, a, a lot of our audience out there. You, you, the listener out there are probably, <laughs> you're probably, I don't know. I thought this one, Dave told me, but I don't know that I've ever looked at a label to see exactly what it kills claims are for viruses or bacteria mm -hmm. or such. And I certainly, certainly have not looked at the time that the kills claim represents for efficacy. So again, we're teasing because we're going to get to both of those. And I bet, you, I bet you, the listener out there, never thought to look or even ask those questions either. So that's what we're here for. That's what uh, 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 disinfecting with Dave and Joe <laughs> is here to talk about. Um, so with this novel coronavirus that causes COVID-19, Dave, there's there's a there's a cool new resource that's made available to us. You want to talk to the audience a little bit about that? Absolutely. When this thing hit, you know, think of it as a, you know, unseen enemy, you know, the war concept, you know, that you hear the government talk about we're at war with this virus. And one of the things that the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, along with the Environmental Protection Agency, which is EPA, and they regulate a lot of the substances and different types of uh, pesticides and antibacterial things we need they needed to quickly gear up and make every resource available that they knew that would be effective to disinfect and slow down and get a handle on this so uh, as of march 13th epa published what they call their n list LMNOP, the N list. N is a novel, right? Novel. N is a novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the no that's very good. First time. I see, you taught me something there. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there going, you know, yeah, 26 letters. How they come up with N? The N for novelist. And basically, what it is is, if you were to go to the CDC uh, and look up the coronavirus and really any other viruses, but in this case, coronavirus, uh, they put together a list of the different types of products that are available. And simply uh, what you can do is look at that list. If it's an EPA registered item, you would look at the EPA number on that product and they have a table where you plug it in and it'll let you know for sure, you know, if it's effective against the novel coronavirus, which is what causes COVID-19. So what I'm getting to uh, without being too nerdy is you can't just go to a store today and look, you know, look at a label and buy a product that says, kills COVID-19. This just happened. These products were already made out there on the shelf. So uh, CDC provided uh, a great reference. And I'll go a step further. In our daily lives, you know, in boarding kennels, in grooming salons, in the past, we, we've have, we have legitimate concerns for things like parvovirus, uh, Giardia, um, you know, MRSA, various, you know, if, you know, if it was a, a uh, aviary, there's bird flus and there's uh, feline coronavirus, which existed long before COVID-19. You know, these are common pathogens that people in, in the grooming and the kennel and the veterinary profession want to look for. You can go to CDC. You can type in a human or an animal-related virus or bacteria 
and they will give you information and they've done it in such a way. And I, it, I, it's nice to know that a government provided uh, website research can actually be so good. This is actually pretty good. And they'll tell you all about it, steps to avoid, and they'll even talk about disinfecting and cleaning at home, at a facility, at a public place. It's a wealth of knowledge, and uh, I encourage you to go to cdc.org and learn more about that. So, Dave, let's, uh, uh, like I said, without getting too nerdy, so, but, you know, I think it's important that we point out some of the common disinfectants, uh, sure. which, which, uh, by and and most of these folks, you know, that are listening, you the the listener audience out there, and again, all of this is going to be available on the ParagonPetSchool.com uh, website uh, under the resources page. The Hey Joe podcast, Dave is going to provide a, a, a PDF summary of all of this. But but hang in here with us for just a little bit longer because one thing that uh, Dave is going to do, we're going to talk a, about five different common disinfectants, but then we're going to talk about five considerations on how disinfectants. Uh, uh, how different disinfectants might be graded on how they work, right? So uh, we're not going to we're not going to take a ton of time in each one of these, but I think it's yeah. I think it's fair for you to know what these five common disinfectants are, because to your point, Dave, marketers aren't going to put this on the label. Marketers aren't going to put this in a uh, in the in, in always in the description or probably on the label, yes, because they're required to do so, but probably not necessarily in the product description on, in a catalog or online store, would they? Do you, do you find that sometimes those are lacking? Oh, gosh, it's rare ever to, you know, you could thumb through a catalog or shop online and it's rare to find, you know, good descriptions or even, even a, you know, the proper category of what, what the cleaning or disinfectant product is you're looking at. So, you know, all you're really seeing is, a few things and maybe price, but they don't tell you specifically. And here's the good news. Uh, we were joking earlier about how uh, I did a thing on conditioners and it was very informative and I had a handout and a good thing because there's tons, too much to discuss, you know, as far as conditioners. The good news about disinfecting products is I've narrowed it down really to four pushing five items that we were likely familiar with and the good news is a lot of the listeners may already have everything they need it just being broadsided with this COVID-19 thing we're for, for the first time taking a look in an inventory of what we have and and what they do so we can use them better and the first common thing that everybody can relate to is that every shop and everybody's familiar with bleach which is formally known as hypochlorites and chlorine is great and effective against many bacteria and viruses chlorine compounds are good disinfectants on clean surfaces if you use bleach you know you got to clean the surface first and then you bleach it uh, they are quickly inactivated by dirt and uh, so it's very important that you pre-clean the surface and they also work better in hot or warm water uh, they're not as effective in cold water. And hey, some Dave, people I see Dave, can I, yeah. Dave, can I interrupt you for just a minute? You said something I want to make sure I want to make sure I pointed out. You said yeah. that most people that use bleach know that you've got to clean the surface and then bleach it. And I'm going to push back politely and I'm going to say, I bet there's a lot of people out there that don't do that, that don't realize that you you have to clean 
the surface first, kind of going back again to our cleaning, sanitizing, mm -hmm. disinfecting, mm -hmm. bleach is yeah. not going to clean. In fact, dirt works against bleach. That's correct. That so I just correct. wanted to and make a very thing, specific point about thank that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I made an <laughs> assumption. And, and uh, you know, and the other thing that, you know, it, it works best in hot water. Um, the one thing about chlorine is that it is highly corrosive to metal and it can damage a lot of floor finishes uh, and carpets. Of course, it, it's messy. It's concentrated. So you get it on your clothes. Uh, you know, it, it's you, you got to be pretty mindful when you use it. And then, you know, I I grew up knowing this, but a lot of the younger audience may not. You can't mix things like ammonia or quaternary compounds or other acidic products with bleach because you create a very poisonous gas. And if you don't have good ventilation, uh, you're going to have big problems. And then the last thing, and this was surprising to me, I realized in doing my research that chlorine bleach from the date it's manufactured typically only has about a one-year shelf life. So you may have product that's been sitting around or bought excess and it may be two, three years old and you may not be doing the cleaning and disinfecting you think you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next, the, the, the second uh, common disinfectant, and I bring it up because those who work in maybe veterinarian hospitals uh, in larger institutions may be familiar with what's called phenols. Uh, phenol or carbo, uh, carbolic acid, it, it's one of the oldest antiseptic cleaners. It's bacterial and fungicidal, and it is non-corrosive. Um, but what's interesting is, uh, it, like bleach, it works best in warm water. And if you're using a lot of soaps and other types of lipids, you know, soapy, saponified products, uh, it's less effective because Soap is higher alkaline pH. It's usually around an 8, 9 plus pH, and it just doesn't work as well. And uh, fortunately, I don't want to make a big thing when I say that, uh, well, I don't want to, uh, not a lot of people are using it uh, in a groom shop. Like I said, you'll see it in a, you'll see it in a veterinary office, but you got to be careful with this stuff because 2% solutions of this can be toxic to animals. And, uh, you and know, again, it, I know, I know our, I know our pet professionals out there and we have the, yep. we, we mean well, and we have really big hearts and you, you, the listeners out there, sometimes, you know, we'd like to use maybe too much shampoo because we think it's better. Yep. Or we like to use too much, uh, 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 cologne or we use too, we, you know, we used a lot of, we like to use too much of a lot, but some of yep. these things, guys, you use too much and, and you're putting yourself and, and definitely the pets at risk. So, you know, when it comes to kills yep. claims, you gotta be mindful. You gotta be careful. So yeah, phenols. You, you do. So, so let's hop into the third one then Dave, um, yeah. uh, oxidizing agents. So I, I think about that and I'm like, what are, what are these things? Right. Well, you know, the old school people used to use peroxide, uh, but what's happening nowadays uh, there's been a lot of advancements and what's called accelerated hydrogen peroxide or AHPs. And these are synergistic blends of hydrogen peroxide uh, with other anionic and non-ionic surfactants and stabilizers. 
to create a broad spectrum antimicrobial. And these are effective against bacteria, spores. I learned something, mycobacteria, and these are things like tuberculosis or <laughs> biblical time leprosy or in, in, in third world nations. I guess there's a different classification of bacteria and they kill viruses and fungi. These have notable short contact times of three to five minutes. But again, like bleach, surfaces need to be pre-cleaned before treating for these to be fully effective. They're less likely, now here's a plus for these products in all fairness, they're less likely to irritate eyes and skin and they're very biodegradable. They decompose to water and oxygen uh, with no active chemical residues. And, but while the marketers will emphasize this, they ignore the fact that the pH of these are right around 1.5 to 3 pH. They're acidic, which is gonna mean they're somewhat corrosive and could, they're gonna corrode metals and, and you're limited in where you can, you know, how you're gonna use them. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind on these products, uh, the, one of the good news is they have a shelf life of about two years and once diluted, they'll last about 30 days. So they're, they're a step up in my opinion from bleach. And because of the, my, the mycobacteria, I think these are very well suited in like doctor offices and hospitals and areas where those type of pathogens are of concern. Uh, they certainly could have a place in a kennel or a grooming shop but uh, one thing that we'll talk about a little later too is, is just it's important to look at the pathogens that you're trying to avoid for your application and environment. The, 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 it's the second last, but we're gonna really refer to it as the last uh, of the common disinfectants are what are known as quaternary ammonium compounds. Not ammonia, ammonium. Two different things on the periodic table. Oh, it's not ammonia. QACs, also known as quats, what makes these so common is that they are a one-step cleaner, deodorizer, and disinfectant, meaning you, know, you don't necessarily have to pre-wash and pre-clean before you use them. I wanna make this uh, side note. If you're in a kennel and the floor is full of mud, I don't care what disinfectant you're using, you're gonna to wanna to wipe and maybe pre-wipe that and pre-wash that off. But the great thing about quats is once you do that, you can use them as a one-step uh, cleaner. And a lot of times you can let them dry and they'll dry haze-free so you don't even have to wipe them once they're dry. So that's a plus. They're a highly concentrated solution and when diluted as instructed, they are very effective against Again, a broad spectrum of bacteria, fungi, viruses, thriving on non-porous surfaces. They work well in both hot, warm, and cold water. That's a plus. And uh, they are pH neutral when diluted, which means they are non-corrosive to metal fabric and surfaces. The contacts for these are longer than a, an oxidizing agent, uh, typically 10 minutes, but you're seeing more come, you know, more that have like a five, or more uh, contact time. And I wanna make this point, they are e these products are EPA regulated as pesticides because of their high concentration. And with that comes some low level hazards that do require some common sense precaution before use. You know, so you wanna look at things like MSDS sheets and whatnot because it's a higher concentration. 
The typical shelf life of quats is going to be more than four or five years. And once you dilute them, depending on the water content and mineral content, you can get up to a year uh, shelf life with, you know, pre-diluted, con you know, concentrate. Uh, these are the most common because they're extremely, extremely economical to use and implement, but unfortunately, they're underutilized, and that's largely because they're misunderstood. Let me give you an example, Joe. Uh, we were talking about thumbing through the catalog. On the left-hand page, you may see a product that sells for $60, and it's a common, familiar brand name. And, it's, and it says 64 to one or 128 to one. It doesn't tell you if it's a quad, if it's a, if it's a uh, oxidizing agent. I can tell you it's probably a quad because oxidizing agents aren't that high diluted. But then on the opposite page, you'll see a 256 con concentrate. And that's a quad. Same type of formula, except you know, fundamentally they're identical. But that 256 means that from a gallon of 128 ounces, a half ounce makes a get to a to a gallon of water makes a gallon. In other words, that 256 makes 256 gallons. Right there alone, someone a groomer should look at that and say, "I'm getting a better value here." You know, Dave, uh, the, you're going to start getting people to say that they want their shampoo to be 256. <laughs> oh, that ain't going to happen. There's only well, so much you can do. That's right. But but again, what you're talking about, and and and, and for the Hey Joe listener audience out there, for you out there that are, that are uh, again, and, and, and thank you for letting us kind of go geeky on you. And we're going to get into more operational, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the how-tos here in a minute. But you had to understand the what, right? You had to understand what it is that we're talking about. Uh, we're going to get into the hows, right? But, but you know, part of this is, is also we're talking about why this is important to you or why it should be important, why it's important to me. I, again, I know that I was coming up short in this category and I know that I didn't quite understand to the level uh, that, that I needed to. But to think about, Dave, <laughs> a half an ounce, right? A half an ounce of product to a whole gallon of water. That's pretty potent. Now, obviously, if the quaternary, see, when I see quaternary ammonium compounds or quaternary, you know, in, 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 my, in my little brain, I think of like veterinary, right? I think of clinical, I think of something. And I, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right, Dave. I think, not that I think, you're, 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 you are absolutely right. They're, I think they're un misunderstood, these quaternary yep. compounds. So let's move Let's move into, uh, obviously, we've got the, the common disinfectants, because I want to I be mindful of everybody's time. Let's get into the how-tos, but the very first one I want to talk, or there's one we need to touch on just briefly, and that is natural disinfecting agents. And, and you know, you make a point of pointing out ultraviolet rays and air and sunlight and, and air exchanges, right? And just fresh air, just mm -hmm. flushing the facility with fresh air. And if you are... Uh, I know that in our facilities when we do our cleaning, and now I'm going to say cleaning and disinfecting, right? When we're doing those things, it's sometimes hard to have some exterior doors open uh, for sake of security issues. But if it can be secure, let your facility air out or, or pay attention to, maybe even ask your HVAC uh, service provider 
uh, what the air exchange rate is. This is very important in boarding and daycare facilities, right? The air exchange, how fast does the air turn over? Because yes. we all know that in, in, in introducing fresh air to, to an environment not only cuts down on humidity uh, and, and odor, but it also cuts down on, on some of these nasty little bugs, right? Uh, but one of the things that you mentioned was UV, uh, UV light, ultraviolet light. And there's a, there's a, a little bit of a push, a little bit of uh, uh, energy behind people, because I've been asked it myself, uh, what is my opinion, or I'll ask you, what is your opinion on UV sure. filters on HVAC equipment? Well, I'm, you know, I'm for it. You know, what, 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 what a person needs to be aware of is once you understand uh, disinfecting, and the, the advantages of sunlight. We're even hearing now that they, they talk about over the summer that the, the sunlight is actually gonna help with dealing with the COVID-19 virus. Um, but the, U, the UV products, the different, I, I call them easy bake ovens, I, I shouldn't say that, but the little, the, the little you know, microwave looking things and then the lights, those are one other level, one other layer. You start with your cleaning, then you have your disinfecting, and, and the UV can actually help help you sterilize things. And then you can go a step further to your point with the HVAC systems. There's ionizers, there's UV light, there's other things. So those are certainly, if, if, if these are concerns for you, uh, these are certainly things that someone should, you know, each of us needs to look into. You need to weigh your budget, you need to weigh, you know, your comfort level, uh, but they're valid, uh, you know, valid points of interest worth researching and, well, and uh, spending a little time with. They can certainly be a second wave, a second, you know, kind of a backup Absolutely. to what you're selecting for a disinfectant. So let's talk about selecting a disinfectant. And, and, and Dave, one thing that I'm hearing yep. loud and clear is that it's not a one size fits all when it comes to using disinfectant. So, you know, obviously you've taught us now we need to look at the labels for the targeted pathogen. We need to determine whether or not the surface needs to be cleaned before we are using our, our selected disinfectant, right? Um, right. And, and, and also uh, verify that whatever the disinfectant that we're using, again, actually kills the pathogen that we're looking to, to, to have it handle in our, in our uh, operation. So let's talk now about what considerations do we need to keep in mind? And again, we talked a little bit about these, but you're going to really drill in now for the audience out there. Again, for everybody, this is Dave Campanella on, on the Hey Joe podcast. Not me. Dave is the other guy. But, I, <laughs> but uh, uh, Dave is with Best Shot, and uh, uh, he is teaching us all that we probably need to know and, 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 and uh, should know about cleaning, sanitizing, and disinfecting and the difference between all three of those. Uh, but we are going to now talk about um, when we're using disinfectants and selecting disinfectants, Dave, you're bringing up five really, really great points uh, to the listener audience about uh, what should we consider. So let's let's hop right into those. And this is uh, sure. for you out there. This is the this is the uh, uh, sort of a little bit of a blend between the how to use, but also why That's you would right. be selecting and, and a particular. Go ahead. Sure. And when we're talking disinfectant, what we're talking about is uh, the most important thing is efficacy. And what efficacy is, is think of it as a funny way of saying efficiency. It's the killing efficiency against viruses, bacteria, fungi, spores, etc. And what you, what's typically on the label 
for a lot of these products, especially the EPA registered products, or like in the case of a quad, uh, there is a list of the pathogens that it is proven clinically to effectively kill. You can go a step further and ask for something if you're concerned. Uh, you can ask the manufacturer for an efficacy test summary, and it's merely a list of everything that their product kills, recommended uh, dilution, as well as re recommended contact time. Um, and in the notes I give you, I'll do a little better job of explaining uh, what's called log kill. You'll hear 99.9 and 99.99 and 99.999. Those are called <laughs> kill logs. And I'll explain that in the notes. We don't want to go there. But the so second Dave, thing. Dave, let me, yeah. uh, let me just point out one more thing about efficacy. Having been yeah. a product developer for a number of years, one of the things that I know, especially having had to work closely with the EPA guidelines on a number of products, when a mm -hmm. product makes a kills claim that is a very serious claim for the epa right so the epa is very very uh, involved in mm -hmm. making sure that product manufacturers can back that up so if there is a kills claim it is or should be that that product is registered or or, or created uh following the uh, uh, the EPA guidelines and registered with the EPA because that kills claim is so important. If that manufacturer does not have an efficacy test summary, there's a good chance that they are not necessarily truthful in a kills claim because the EPA requires such. Am I true? Am I? Is that your understanding as well? Yeah, you're absolutely correct and. Uh, you were reminding me of from the production and product development standpoint, you know, uh, the pains that a, a company has to go through to, to meet that because uh, it's serious stuff. Um, you know, so if I was a little glazing that over, I was kind of glazing it over from the from the listener's side. But I do. I, I want to thank you for highlighting that. There's a lot of thought put behind there. So if uh, uh, if you say it kills and it kills bacteria. Uh, you know, that's important, which takes me back to what we talked about the end list earlier. Because this national uh, pandemic happened, there were a lot of products out there that they had identified could kill the novel virus that causes COVID-19. So that's why CDC put together a list uh, with the EPA so people could reference because it was wartime. Everybody had to grab their guns. Everybody had to grab their disinfectants so they could start tackling this. Mm -hmm. So that explains why, why, why they did the endless and kind of fast-tracked and went off of, you know, norms uh, to, meet the, to meet the crisis. Right. The, the second thing that I want to talk about, and honestly, I feel this is the most important factor, is the contact time, also known as the dwell time. And that is how long does a product need to stay wet to accomplish, to accomplish its end kill rate? Most dwell times typically are 10 minutes. If you get a, and I'm going to name a product, you get a product, uh, you know, a bottle of Lysol. If you read that, if you've ever taken time to read it, it says you spray the counter and they tell you to wait 10 minutes. Nobody does that. <laughs> but that's, that's the kill time. You know, and that's based on the clinical studies and, and 
you know the the important information you know for the for the kill for the uh the log kill times and percentages so when you uh when you go to a grocery store or when you see the tv ads you know about their you know now you you know they want to, everybody wants to make everybody feel comfortable and safe and it shows that that happy smiling person with that spray bottle spray the shopping cart and then they wipe it off i have a real problem with that joe well because if it's covid 19 that you're fighting you want to let that sit at least three to five minutes, oh, you know, boy. whatever, whatever that product designated dwell time is. That's so important. And I just want to emphasize to your listeners, you can't rush disinfecting. If you rush it, then you're just doing fog and mirrors. And we can't risk doing fog and mirrors and the perception of being clean when in doubt error on the side of time. If you're not sure if it's five or 10 minutes, wait 10 minutes. And that means, I wanna focus on the word wet, right? This is not, uh, there's, there are a lot of aerosol products, not that we would necessarily use, I think in our, well, I guess you could have a canned aerosol disinfectant, yeah. right? Uh, but because of its nature, the propellant that's that's used, and again, here I go back to my kind of product development hat, right? Because mm -hmm. of the propellant that's used, in many cases, an aerosol is aerated, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so that it spreads, so that it can be pushed out instead of siphoned out with like a, a trigger sprayer or a thumb fingertip pump sprayer or such. And that aerosol is typically going to evaporate faster mm -hmm. than the amount of wet uh, 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 time that's needed for it to be fully efficacious. Would and here's agree? the point. Yeah, and, and what you, one needs to understand is once the product that you're using is dry with, with these disinfectants that we've talked about, once it's dry, it's inert, it's done. So you want to make sure that you go by the contact time recommended. And you'll see in these efficacy tests that if you're treating canine parvo, you want to, you know, uh, dilute to their specification. You want it to sit so long, you know, to their specifications for that various product. If you rush it, odds are you're not going to be as effective or effective at all. Well, and so I'm going to hop back to, and I'm going to hop back to, uh, uh, more is not better, right? That's so exactly. using using more, it's not. There's no way to rush it. There's no way to 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 rush. Even if you were to use it straight, it's still at a molecular scientific level only going to kill as fast as it's designed to kill. So just because right. it's in water and doesn't mean that it's killing any slower per se. Correct. Think of it as this way: you're throwing good product down the drain. The problem is, and I have to acknowledge this, I'll give you a, a real quick story. Joe's rolling his eyes because he, does, he doesn't believe Dave has quick stories. <laughs> but uh, there's a 20-some thousand square foot beautiful facility in Lexington. It's a boarding facility, marble granite. It's gorgeous. And they started using the Quat 256 that we produce. And they even put it in their Zamboni. I call it a Zamboni, you know, because they have a lot of surface floor area to cover. And the, the 
for the times that they've been using this, um, you don't get the smell, you don't get whatever, but what, the point I'm making is a half ounce to a gallon of water. Our brains can't comprehend that. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, it's like, it's not it's enough, like right? Of, <laughs> it's, it's like making, it's like a cup of coffee. It's like, we need more creamer. We need more sugar. I mean, come on, you know, the more, the better. It, you know, our brains can't wrap around it. But I can tell you in the, in the decade or more that I'm familiar with the facilities, you can walk into that facility and it smells wonderful. How many times have you been to an office of some form and you can smell the cleaner, it smells bleachy, it smells musty, it smells mildewy. This facility, that half ounce per gallon for over 10 years has been doing its job. That place smells just as lovely as the day they opened it. And that's well, a you, testimony. When you point out one more, hey, let's go to hop right to economy. Like you said, you're yeah. just you're just flushing very valuable money down the drain if you just use too much. So get your head right. around it, right? Let your let your brain yeah. trust the label. And and because again, if there's a kills claim, you don't have to prove it. You just have to embrace it. EPA made that company prove that. So you're yeah. okay. So just trust that the product is going to work because if not, the EPA would not allow them to, to put a, a kills claim on there. So let's talk about throwing money away or spending. You, you're, you're part of, of, of the economics of this is balancing it with their budget, balancing it against risk, right? Product, you know, the actual product, the time, the product cost, the time cost, the reputation cost, right? If and, and let me give you a quick right. example of, of looking at economy and application. Uh, let's talk let's talk a quat, a 256. That's what I make, so I'm going to stick to what I know here. If I take a teaspoon of that concentrate and put it in a quart bottle of water and put a sprayer on it, I now have something that I can spray countertops and in my cages, uh, wipe off things I can pour. I can pour some of that solution into a dish and soak my clipper blades because when diluted properly, quats are pH neutral, so they're not going to be corrosive to those. So I was just told recently that a lot of the uh, blade washes and products and sprays are, are, have been a little hard to get because some of those are coming from overseas and from Asia. Well, it's, you, if you're using a 256, I bet you didn't know that you essentially had something similar to a barbicide type product that you could disinfect with. Hmm. The other the other thing is, is if I broke down and did the math, and I'm going to save everybody, every, when I say math, everybody cringes, but I'm going to make it easy for you. When I take that teaspoon and I add it to that quart of water for under a nickel, I, may, I just diluted and mixed up a spray bottle. You can't beat that. No. It's about 15 cents or less for a gallon and bucket of water, you know, diluting a, a gallon bucket. You can't beat that. That's why it's a concentrate. That's why it's EPA registered. So it's just another thing one needs to consider and look at the economy. Is it ready to use? Is it 32 to 1, 64 to 1, 128 to 1, 256 to 1? That's what that means. The 256 isn't, isn't just a number that they randomly came up with when, when we came up with our 256 concentrate. We're telling you, you can make 256 gallons. So that's definitely a consideration that 
people just never realized. So Dave, we're running out of time. So we need to, we yes. need to boogie on, uh, number five was the effect on fabric and metals uh, and other surfaces, which is kind of straightforward, right? That needs to be a consideration. But then we get into storage and stability and hazards and environmental concerns, toxicity. Those are all things you, you just gotta, you gotta read the label. You gotta know the, you've gotta know what, uh, uh, the, the, the safety precautions are. And Dave, there's something called an SDS sheet. It used to be called an uh, MSDS sheet, but they dropped the M a while ago. Now it's just an SDS sheet. And it's a safety data sheet that manufacturers are required to make available. Now they're not gonna probably send it to you until you ask for it, but manufacturers through their product development are required to create these SDS sheets because it's something really uh, uh, that all facilities that have any kind of, uh, li especially liquid products, cleaning products, disinfecting products, sanitizing products, should have on file SDS sheets for every single product. And the reason being, Dave, uh, uh, is, and again, very familiar with SDS sheets, so I was so glad that I saw this on your list. If somebody gets injured, or there's there's a suspected problem that is caused, you're gonna to have to have that handy. And it's very important if somebody accidentally gets something in their eyes, right? I mean, l listen, it's happened. You can have that SDS sheet handy in case that person needs medical attention, in case you mm -hmm. need to be able to show what it is that you're using so that the healthcare providers have a quick access to the, the information that they need uh, in regards to those products. And really, I mean, it comes down to whether you're using bleach or you're using uh, a, 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 a very safe quaten, you know, quaternary or quat product, you need your SDS sheets. And it's really nice. I would recommend everybody put it in a binder. In fact, grab a, go to your office supply store, Amazon, whatever, and grab the brightest red binder you can find, red, and put it in there. So then it, it's, it's unmistakable that that's a very important binder. And keep your, your SDS sheets in there. And I'll quickly put it in perspective here, and Joe, you can vouch for me. As a manufacturer, every ingredient individually has an MS, or excuse me, has an SDS sheet. Well, the reason why we have that filed and set aside, if we ever had, a, uh, you know, first responders ever came here for a fire, they want to know what's in the back office. So, I mean, they want to know what's available and what's on hand. So, as a manufacturer, we're required for our own reasons to have them and every business establishment should as well. And if you deal with OSHA, OSHA is gonna require it for you, from you, and it's not a big hairy deal. Uh, everyone's required to, every manufacturer is required to provide you, the listener, with safety data sheets. And you know what's interesting, Dave? Back in, uh, when I was first learning of SDS sheets, this goes back when they were still MSDS sheets. Uh, it was interesting because some products that we were using, the manufacturers didn't have these sheets. And we quickly mm -hmm. pivoted away. We, we moved away from those, those providers because that's not, that's not responsible product manufacturing. Uh, no. And, no. and not in a day when we're in a very litigious society. So let's, let's wrap this all up. Dave from Absolutely. Best Shot, incredible. I know this podcast for you, the listener out there, I know it went long. This is probably one of our longer podcasts. But what a topic that needed to be discussed. It's so timely. It's so perfect timing. And, you know, the last thing, and, and so I tell people all the time, don't just take our word for it. We want to be 
a, a piece of the information that you have to make your decisions for you, for your team, for your family, for your business, for everything in your world. We just want to be a piece of the information. And hopefully it's a big helpful piece, but go check it out. Go, go learn as much as you can. But I think for our listener audience out there, Dave, you did a really great job of bringing it to them versus them having to go find it. And, and, and uh, for that, I thank you. For everything you're doing, I thank you. For, for bringing this topic up to us, I thank you. And for definitely for supplying that free PDF that, that the Hey Joe listener audience can find at paragonpetschool.com. Um, go, to the, go to the resources page to the Hey Joe podcast, and it's right there for you. Dave, thank you so much. Um, you got it. Uh, obviously, Dave, uh, uh, at Best Shot, um, you, you, you have a phenomenal product, a quaternary uh, 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 compound product that I would encourage all of the Hey Joe listener audience out there, go check out this product because uh, uh, it, does what it, it does exactly what Dave says it will do and what Best Shot does because they do have a dynamite reputation in the industry. So Dave, thank you again. We appreciate everything you do. Absolutely. And hey, Joe. Yes, sir. This is number five. I get my smoking jacket now, baby. No, yes, you do. You're a, fi- you're, you're a repeat five times on the Hey Joe podcast. All right, I'm going to have to do something really special for you. <laughs> All right, Thanks, my friend, guys. take care. Bye-bye.